Hello and welcome to the Popcorn Isn't Real. I'm Leif Eric and I'm here with my brother Torvald and we have hey. got an amazing show for you today. We are going to be talking about the 2010 film Predators as well as yeah. many other films in the Predator franchise and Alien franchise. But we're going to be focusing mostly on Predators. You say many other films in the Predator franchise. There are not many other films in the Predator franchise. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> the series had two movies up until like 2010 when Predators came out, <laughs> which is crazy. So this was directed by Nimrod Antal. What a cool name. Oh, my gosh. Also, as we're going to talk about, a very appropriate name for this movie. He's a hunter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the two credited screenwriters on this movie are Alex Litvak and Michael Finch. It was produced by Robert Rodriguez, prolific director, really famous. He's made Once Upon a Time in Mexico, El Mariachi. Oh, um, oh he's, he's good. Desperado. He's very good. And then, you know, Machete. He's made Spy Kids. Most recently, he made Alita Battle Angel. He wasn't the director on this. He did produce it, and he actually wrote the original script, though he is not credited as one of the screenwriters. Mm. He had a huge degree of creative control as a producer and also as a writer and he loves this movie too uh, at least according cool. to the commentary he's seen this movie more than any of his other films he's made <laughs> so well, that's interesting i had no idea robert rodriguez was even involved now i right. like it even more back in the early 90s he wanted to get a writing gig just to you know make some extra money make ends meet and usually writing gigs like like writing assignments are not great assignments. And so he was like, it's probably going to be something stupid, but I'll just write it and make some money. And then he got Predator. And he was like, yeah, oh, I'll write a sequel oh to Predator. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, dude lucked out. Um, and I think his original draft was uh, written in 1994, four years after Predator 2 was released in 1990. And they did originally want to get Schwarzenegger back. They always wanted to get Schwarzenegger back. And yeah, it's weird that he's never come back because Schwarzenegger loves Predator. It's just Great. like a weird scheduling conflict for the past 30 years, more than That's that, so 40 weird. years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it was actually, he talked to Schwarzenegger and Schwarzenegger was like, yeah, we should get it back to the jungle. And Rodriguez was like, uh, well, we already did the jungle, but if I put it on an alien planet that is jungle-like, <laughs> yeah, alien that's jungle. different enough that I think it doesn't feel like we're just repeating the same thing. He wrote it in, like, I think, 94, and then it was sort of getting developed, and then in around the early 2000s was when the Alien versus Predator franchise was kind of started mm. up. Like, the, the comics came out, and that's when they were like, oh, these are popular, let's make some movies. And then, so we got Alien versus Predator, which, of course, is an amazing film. And then we got Alien versus Predator Requiem, which is, of which course, is, less is the opposite of film. an amazing film. <laughs> <laughs> Some people would argue that AVP One wasn't very. Yeah, good. a lot of people didn't I'm, like I'm AVP One. I am people. not one of those people, but I, I want to get into the AVP of it in a different episode. Well, and th this is a pure Predator theory, right? I mean, because AVP is so intertwined with the lore of Predator, I might mention it a little bit, but yeah, we're not really going to get too much into the AVP side of things. So, quick synopsis of Predators. There are a whole bunch of dangerous people dropped onto a game-preserved planet. There are three super predators hunting them. And there's also one classic predator that they don't like. But he's tied up. He doesn't really matter. Also, Lawrence Fishburne is there for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, almost all of these people who are dropped into the jungle die. Uh, and 
The only one who doesn't quite fit into the mix of, like, dangerous people is helpless Edwin, who is played by Topher Grace. Yeah, Topher Grace. He eventually turns out to betray the two main characters, Royce and Isabel. I think that the cast of this movie is great. It's amazing. I mean, they got some of my favorite actors. They got Topher Grace. I think mean, he needs to be in way more movies. Yeah. They've got... Adrian Brody. Adrian Brody, (laughs) man. The buffest skinny guy you will ever see. (laughs) It's got Danny Trejo. It's got Lawrence Fishburne. Alice Braga. It's got so many good actors, dude. Yeah. Take it away. What's your theory? Well, so this film seems to imply that Edwin is a psychopath murderer back home. And that's why he's like a dangerous person. The Predators brought here. But... I would posit that there is actually only one single word uttered in the entire movie that actually implies this, and it doesn't actually make any sense. Mm -hmm. Everything else about this character of Edwin implies something completely different. Yeah. And my theory is that Edwin is a trained human, similar to a hunter's decoy dog. He was raised and possibly genetically modified and trained by the predators to lead the humans into danger and into the grasp of the predators themselves. This is interesting. So uh, he's a decoy for the predators. He's, you might say he's like a, a pred-decoy. Predicoy, yes. <laughs> now, what is a decoy dog? This is an actual hunting term. So the predators have a lot of advanced tech, but they also use a lot of very low-tech things that are used by actual hunters, such as traps, nets, trained dogs, etc. I don't think it's a stretch to say that they use many of the same hunting tools as we do. So a decoy dog is something that's actually used by hunters, and different hunters will have different definitions as to what a decoy dog is. But the definition, according to wagwalking.com, is a coyote decoy dog draws the attention of a coyote and returns to the handler with the coyote tailing him for the hunter to shoot. Mm. Nimrod Antal, the director, who, as we said, his name means hunter says that he really wanted to bring back and introduce new elements of real hunting techniques because he thought that had kind of been lost in, I think, Predator 2. Well, and he totally did that. Like, uh, throughout the whole movie, they keep falling into, like, hunter traps. Okay, so the movie just starts off with Adrian Brody. Uh, Royce, he's fallen from the sky. He has a parachute. He crash lands on a planet. There's a bunch of other dangerous people around him. I just want to say, Adrian Brody is an amazing main character. Yeah, he's great. Everything about him is unexpected, like the fact that he's Adrian Brody. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> also he's like a skinny nerd boy. Uh, yet his head was just put on top of like a ripped commando body, as we see at the end. We have no in- indication that he's that ripped until he takes his shirt off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> Nimrod Antal said that he wanted to cast wiry tough guys instead of bodybuilders like the first Dude, one. Adrian Brody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Robert Rodriguez said, Adrian Brody, he's won an Oscar, right? Mm -hmm. If you can get an actor who's won an Oscar for a Predator movie, you get him. (laughs) Yeah, get that actor. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) I I wanted to mention, though, you say he's falling with a parachute. He's not really falling with a parachute. He's just falling. (laughs) And then uh, he has like a timer on him that at some point decides to release what you might loosely call a parachute if you're being generous. Mm -hmm. He hits the ground really hard. (laughs) You know, they, they they have spaceships, like, why are they using parachutes? Uh, I'm not 100% sure. Of course, Predators have a good understanding of human society. And I think they kind of want the humans to think that they are still on Earth, just to make them more, I don't know, confused or something like that. 
Could be, but then they didn't do a really good job of covering up the <laughs> <Nah>. sky, <laughs> which is just other planets. <laughs> yeah, like really close, man. <laughs> yeah, like too close for comfort. Like they would be getting sucked into that big gas giant. <laughs> like it's, There's no way, dude. It's gravity would be too strong. Uh, let's move forward to the part where Royce kind of introduces all the characters, because I think that's a good way for us to kind of get to know them. Um, so we already know Isabel... I will say that Isabel is a little bit of a mystery because she seems to be from Guatemala because she knows the stories of the predators who like to hunt there. Yep. That is apparently their like favorite hunting spot is Guatemala. Yeah, they love Guatemala. <laughs> I mean, they like hot weather unless they're hunting xenomorphs. Then they like right. Antarctica. Yeah. <laughs> when Royce identifies her, he identifies her as being with IDF, which I believe is the Israeli Defense Force. No, Which that's exactly right. It does and not that seem to be from Israel. For most of the movie. Royce says it like it's a big deal. I think the Israeli Defense Force must be elite. She seems to think she's the greatest sniper ever, so. There is some evidence to point otherwise in this film. I agree. <laughs> she misses every shot she takes in the whole movie. But, <laughs> but man, she does a good job. So the actor who played her... She carries the actual sniper rifle with her, even though it weighs like 30 pounds. No, I mean, I saw her whipping it out and putting it down. I was like, oh, my gosh, that gun's as big as she is. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. a huge gun. <laughs> so she is the only female here. And I think this is because the Predators, toxic males that they are, as we've already proven. Oh, yeah, as we've proven. Sorry, that was a reference to our old Predator episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Take a look if you want to hear a theory about Predator. <laughs> uh, so... Nikolai is the Russian, and he is Spetsnaz, Alpha Group, whatever that means. Cuchillo um, <laughs> is a Los Zetas cartel enforcer. In the script, he was apparently described as someone who looks exactly like Danny Trejo. <laughs> Whoa, they cast someone who looks exactly <laughs> like Danny Trejo. And I guess Danny Trejo heard about that. Called up Robert Rodriguez, who he knew, of course, and was like, hey, I look exactly like Danny Trejo. <laughs> and then, wow. I'm sure you know, right. he always intended to cast Danny Trejo because I mean, it's not like mm -hmm. he's going to say no. <laughs> Man, I love Danny Trejo. He's great. Mombasa is RUF. That is apparently a death squad from Sierra Leone. Oh. And Hanzo is Yakuza Inagawa yeah. Kai. Stans is from the FBI's Most Wanted. Yeah, he's not, I think, as cool as the <laughs> no, other guys. He literally never <laughs> he gets no any weapon besides a shiv, <laughs> which is just a like, sharpened little, like, shred of a metal. a little sharpened thing that he made himself. <laughs> <laughs> like, a stick he picked up in the jungle would have been more effective than mm -hmm. his dumb shiv. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he's, that's his weapon. <laughs> it's iconic. <laughs> So Royce is the one who introduces all those people. He's extremely informed about, just by looking at them, he knows what they are. Oh, yeah, are. he knows. And then there's Edwin, the only one that this extremely informed person cannot identify. Now, the Predators, I believe, operate on publicly available intel. Like, they know Stans is from the FBI's Most Wanted because the FBI is after him, right? So if Royce doesn't know who Edwin is, then the Predators would not either. Well, unless... They just know more than Royce. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> like but I'm just saying, like, if Edwin <laughs> actually is some, like, murderer psychopath living on Earth who hasn't been caught yet, which he clearly hasn't been because Royce doesn't know who he is, then I don't think the Predators 
would know to put him in the game, right? To them, they would right, think he's fair. just a random doctor. No, exactly. Like, why would they bother to solve the case of who is this serial killer <laughs> just to abduct him? <laughs> right? yeah. It doesn't make sense. Right. They're Now they're just like amazing detectives too. Uh, like, what's going on here? But if he were a trained decoy dog, the predators would know him and Royce would not, right? Because he's just there to be a decoy. Like, if he's a serial killer and leaving no trace, like, what were they doing? Just, like, staking out, like, an entire town where people had been getting killed until they solved the case of who the serial killer... Like, that doesn't make any sense. The Predators wouldn't waste their time doing that. (laughs) Okay, so they kind of meet up with everyone in this jungle. Now, when Topher Grace, when Edwin is found... He is purposefully displayed in the most helpless way possible. He's hanging upside down from a tree, screaming. Now, he also does not notice this group of big, tough people in front of him until Stans, the character Stans, who is the convict, calls out to him. But when the camera cuts, the entire group is assembled directly in his line of sight. (laughs) There is no way he didn't see them. Now, here's the thing. He was pretending not to see them because it is his job to appear helpless. He needs to gain their trust in order to be able to lead them back to the predators and get them all killed. But also he's drawing them to him by sitting there screaming for help, right? (laughs) He's being a pretty good decoy already. (laughs) Well, what he's doing here is exactly a predator trap, as we see later in the movie, where the predator will prop up a person and have them scream for help, right? Like he's being a predator trap. Exactly. You're not going to hear me disagree with this theory much because I fully believe it and I love it. It's (laughs) like the best theory This is how most of our theories go. (laughs) As soon as they get him down, he makes up this cover story immediately without missing a beat that he was abducted on the way to work where he works as a doctor. Now, so Edwin claims to be a doctor and he seems to know about drugs, but he also seems to know a lot about the random jungle plants on an alien planet. Oh, he sure does. (laughs) Nikolai, the Russian... He sees a plant and almost touches it. Now, this plant is clearly not a plant you should touch. No, what's he doing? (laughs) It's like an evil-looking Venus flytrap thing. And he's like, oh, let me touch that. (laughs) So Edwin says it is called Archifructus leoningensis. And if you look up this plant, it has been extinct for several million years. Yeah, 125 million years. Uh, <laughs> yeah. it, it was alive during the Jurassic or Cretaceous right. period. How does he even know the name Archifructus leanogensis? He's not a paleobotanist. Yeah, I'll tell you, because the predators <laughs> taught it to him. <laughs> right, <laughs> he, but he also, grew up here. <laughs> he is also completely wrong. This flower is large and spiny and has like a flytrap and drips with poison. The fossil plant is nothing like that. It's just like a modest, reasonable little plant uh, with no poison whatsoever. It's just like a little fern with flowers. You know, it doesn't look anything like that. Or maybe that's all we got from the fossils that are left behind. Maybe it had some really evil, gross flowers that we don't know about, but he does because he lives on an alien world. Well, I mean, (laughs) as we'll talk about a little more later, too, we know that predators despite what you may think from some earlier films, actually do like genetic engineering. Yes, they do. (laughs) (laughs) It's possible that they may have collected some plants from way back in time on Earth, right? Because they've been hunting for a long time. And they may have genetically modified them. Or the other way around, that they deposited plants on Earth. Because we know they deposit stuff on Earth and have been doing it for thousands of years. They taught the humans (laughs) how to build. (laughs) Yes, it's just so that the humans could build them a temple so they could hunt (laughs) xenomorphs, get blooded. (laughs) (laughs) 
He also tells Nikolai that this plant, if he touches it, it emits a toxin that will immediately paralyze him just for a short time. You know, you might think, oh, he's just making stuff up. He read the name Archifructus leonininensis right. uh, in in a in a book, and he's just trying to sound like a doctor. No, he's not making stuff up because he's exactly right about this no, plant's yeah, no. toxin. He, he knows this what alien this plant plant's does. toxin. Yeah, he knows not- everything about it. <laughs> yeah, this is an alien plant, and he knows exactly what it does. I love everything about this because this, in my opinion, might be like the greatest proof in the entire movie that this man is not a man. He is like a hybrid alien human decoy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So they stumble onto a camp that is full of traps, you know, dead weight, a swinging log, all this stuff. Edwin dodges a bunch of spikes that are coming out of the ground. Yes. Now he can kind of see them coming out, so maybe that makes sense. But then he dodges again from spikes that fall down from above, which yep. he had no <laughs> way of knowing were there. No. Like he has insane reflexes for some random doctor who probably just poisons and kills sick people if he's a psycho. It's like he's some kind of genetically modified trained fighter. Exactly. I think he is a <laughs> gen- genetically modified human. Right. Well, he dodges more traps in this scene than anyone else. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to point that out. <laughs> Well, I also wanted to mention that when they finally find that dead guy who set up these traps, he points at him and he says, this guy's been dead for two weeks, judging by decomposition. I mean, I know he's just BSing, but I don't think he's correct. (laughs) Well, he's standing very far away. Like, he's not like at a distance where you could examine this body. (laughs) No, he calls this out from across the room. But also that body is entirely intact. Like, it's in great condition. (laughs) And in a jungle, of course, we don't know what's in this jungle. But in a jungle on Earth, there would be scavengers. There would be lots of bugs. There's lots of things that would immediately eat a dead body in a jungle. I don't think he's correct. Well, no, <laughs> I mean, if I, it had been two weeks, so, that body would be stripped. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I actually think, though, he might be correct. I think he knows this guy was killed two weeks ago because he was there. I think he knew about oh. the traps because he was there. I think he's a decoy that that is just on this planet. Like, he's seen lots of batches of people come through. All right, I understand. But right here, uh, Royce suggests that this dead human was hunting something bigger. And then Edwin scoffs. He's like, ugh. And then Edwin also looks really disappointed when Adrian Brody proves that the target is bigger. I think it's sort of his job to lead them astray and not let them know exactly what is hunting them. Or maybe he considers that to be his job, whether the predators care or not. (laughs) All right, so then this is where they are attacked by the hunting dogs. These predator hunting dogs are not the same as the predator hunting dogs we see in <laughs> The Predator. The ones we see in The Predator are just dogs with predator heads. <laughs> they are so... just dogs with predator heads. You're correct. <laughs> That's, what they are. That's like if a predator designed a human dog. <laughs> it was just, well, it's a human dog, right? They probably have like so human it has heads. So a human face, right? That's, <laughs> it's from Earth. Things on Earth look like humans. <laughs> We'll talk a little more about The Predator later, but that goes along with the theme of, like, they had these dogs, and then they were just, like, putting Predator DNA into them to make them look more like Predators. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. So, Edwin runs away, and a dog chases him, and Isabel shoots the dog. Now, when Edwin runs from the dog, he's deliberately drawing Isabel into the line of fire. She comes to help him, pathetic as he is, lets her guard down, and the dogs get her. This part's interesting because, of course, he's doing what he's supposed to do. He's a decoy. He lures Isabel away so she can get attacked by these hunter dogs. He doesn't just lure her away. He, like, carefully separates her from the group. Yeah. Like, if you watch the scene, she is with the group 
and he runs past her and draws her over to him to get her away from the group. And then as soon as she's away from the group, he climbs up a tree and leaves her out in the open with yes. no ammo. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's very deliberate what he does here. When he sees that she is going to kill herself, because there's a dog about to kill her and she's going to shoot herself first, he shouts, yeah. No! Because that's not how the predators want them no. to die. They don't want them to suicide, no, the predators right? want to kill them. But notice how when he shouts no, immediately the whistle calls the dogs off. Yeah. He can communicate information to them, like how a dog might bark right. to tell you where it is. One of the predators, the falconeer, has bioorganic drones yes. that can turn invisible. And so, like, they would be able to hear anything Edwin says wherever he is, basically. Right. And he's, he's their eyes on the ground. So he informs them whenever something's not going how they planned. I don't see what other explanation there is for the whistle just then, like one second after he screams, no. <laughs> they have no reason to call the dogs off right here. Everything's going great for the predators. Adrian Brody tries to explain it later, I think, by saying, like, they're doing what I would do. They're flushing us out. And I'm like, but then they would have killed you. The predators should have been there to shoot them as they were running out of the trees. Exactly. You don't flush the ducks out if you're not there to kill them. Also, there was nowhere to flush them out of. Like, it's just more jungle. Yep. <laughs> uh, here is where, as we've already talked about a little bit, we know the predators are not above using humans as bait to draw out other humans. Danny Trejo... He gets used as bait. Now, he gets a bad deal. Man. Now, so like I me know. watching Predators, when you see Danny Trejo in this after, because I, was I so had excited. seen Machete Kills before I saw Predators, I think. So I was like, oh, oh. man, this is Machete versus Predator. This is going to be awesome. I know. No, I had the same thing. And then he doesn't even get to do like, Danny anything. freaking Trejo. <laughs> we don't even get to see him die. He dies off camera. I think it's interesting that when Royce says we leave him, referring to Trejo, the first person to walk away is Edwin. Well, but what's that? For? Wouldn't he want them to go help because he wants to? No, because he's the, the decoy man. Like, well, what are oh, they doing? Using he's, another he's got human? Decoy envy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like right, this is this his is failure. his job. Like, no. <laughs> and you know maybe they were trying to teach him a lesson because he just had them call the dogs off, right? Like you know he he wasn't quite doing his job because he almost let one of those people commit suicide. I don't know. So here, here we get to another really important point, though. Isabel suggests going to high ground. And it's Edwin who asks, what are we going to do as Royce is thinking? And when Isabel says to head to higher ground, Edwin says, really? We're trapped on an alien hunting planet and you really think the solution is to walk more? Isabel's idea, as it turns out, is a good one. She just wants to get away. We find out that Noland, the character Lawrence Fisherman plays, that's a pretty good tactic. And yeah, it works for him. <laughs> Edwin is trying to subtly plant the idea into these people's heads. No, don't run away. Go to the predators because that's what a decoy dog does. It leads them back to the predators. What's the next thing they do? They go directly back to the predator camp. Right. They just blunder in, like, directly into the predator camp. Like, this was shocking to me because I was like, oh, man. Like, the, the humans have never found a predator camp before in any predator movie. Like, and they just kind of walked into it. That's yeah. kind of weird. <laughs> it is technically Royce's idea to do this. He listens to what Edwin says, and then he's like, it wants us to run. That's how it hunts. We run, <laughs> we die. That's where he's wrong. He's totally wrong about that, and he actually knows that. I think this is a cool moment of interplay between the predators and royce which i think they do really well like in this movie the predators are predators but also royce is a predator right like 
the predators do this where they flush them out or whatever, then Royce does it where he flushes the predators out, right? Like he's, yeah, he's using, using their decoys. tactic that they just did <laughs> against them and using a decoy, just like the predators just did to them, which I think is very deliberate and just very cool. I think yeah. uh, it's a good movie. And mm-hmm. Royce is a really good main character yeah, he's for an a predator interesting movie. Character. Okay, so they get back to the camp. They find the tied up predator, the crucified predator or classic predator. Yeah, the crucified predator. Edwin is the one who asks, where's the tough guy? So he points out that Royce is missing because I think it is in his favor if they think Royce is the one betraying them, right? Not Edwin. And I want to point out right here that I was really, really confused who he was talking about. No, yeah, me too. They're all tough guys. (laughs) Right. Everyone here sticks out to me as more of a tough guy than Royce. Exactly. (laughs) Not saying that Adrian Brody isn't tough. Exactly. Just that he doesn't convey like this presence of like gruff, tough guy, right? Like he's he's more of a wiry, kind of shifty, you know, intelligent fighter rather than like big tough guy, right? (laughs) Yeah. When I first watched that, I, I had no idea who Edwin was referring to, and the last person I thought it would be was Royce. Mm-hmm. So this is a big scene. Mombasa dies. They run away. Also, I want to mention Royce has an awesome automatic shotgun with like a Tommy gun-like mag that shoots explosive rounds. <laughs> like, wow. So we meet all three of the predators here, and let's just introduce them. They're a breed of super predators, and their names are Berserker, and he has armor and a big jawbone. Then there's Tracker. Tracker has tusks on his helmet, and he apparently is the one who controlled the dogs, I read in one of the trivia, though I don't I don't uh, see anything see in the movie to support that. Yeah. But. And then there's Falconer, who has a more angular mask, and he he's the one who uses the drones. And I just want to mention, because you call them super predators, these are not the same breed of predators that we've seen in the first two predator movies you wouldn't know that until right i mean i had no idea that's why they have the crucified predator there right so that you can see the difference between them so they roll down a hill into like a waterfall and isabel's really mad at royce for betraying them like that and she starts talking about what she knows about the predators from the like the the rumors she hears in guatemala Right after, Isabel explains that Dutch used mud to fool the predator's senses and beat it. The movie shows a quick shot of Edwin kind of frowning for just a split second right after she says that line. I mean, shouldn't he be happy? There's a way to beat the predators. No, No, he didn't like that. (laughs) Beat the predators. Well, why why did they show that scene of him reacting to her saying that in like kind of a negative way? Exactly. I'm going to move on to kind of around where they meet Noland. Right before they meet Nolan, they have a fight with that random alien. And right before that is when Edwin is chilling next to Stans, the convict. And Stans has his great line about, you know, raping five Stop. o'clock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Which, I mean, this is why I love Topher Grace as an actor. Like, his reaction to Stans <laughs> is great. just awesome. But I'm like, if Edwin really is such a psychopath... Would he really be so freaked out by Stans? Like he he moves away from him and goes over to Nikolai and Nikolai is like, stay away from that guy. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> if he was a murderer psychopath from Earth, I don't think he'd be yeah, so freaked out. Yeah, but if he's out. a murderer psychopath from Earth, he's playing a character so that he can develop a rapport with Nikolai. Yeah, well, well right? I feel like, like his, his reactions are real here. I don't know. They feel genuine. And I think it's because he's actually a decoy dog who was raised by predators And predators have a code of honor that doesn't involve raping. That's true. (laughs) Uh, So they're watching something move around in the jungle. They think it's a predator. 
So Torvald, what big evidence do you think I'm going to pull out of this part of the movie? No, I, I mean, uh, you know, they want to attract the attention of this uh, alien so they can kill it. So they decide to use Topher Grace as bait to lure it out, just like the Predators would use him. And then, you know, they're going to shoot it <laughs> just uh, like a decoy. And this is a meta level hint, right? Like they're telling us exactly what we need to know. Right. This it. is what he does. <laughs> <laughs> this is his job. <laughs> I mean, it, it. but literally, though, this is what he does. This is his job. It's all Dude, he does. The entire movie. <laughs> All he does is lead people into danger over and over. He does it to Isabel. He does it to this alien. He does it to Nikolai. He does it then later again to the alien. And then he does it to the predator, the super predator in the end. Yeah. So they meet a guy whose first name is almost the same as his last name, named Ronald Noland. And yep. <laughs> <laughs> he's played by Lawrence Fishburne. Noland describes himself as the one that got away. And yes. when Edwin is running, drawing out that alien, what he's actually doing here, he draws out the one that got away, right? Oh. He lures out Noland and the Predators eventually, not right then, but the Predators do eventually kill him because of this. Yeah, Edwin doing his job. You're correct. I mean, he draws out Noland because it's it's not. So um, Isabella tries to take a shot at the alien, but she missed right. as yeah, she, she always often does. does. <laughs> It was Lawrence Fishburne. It was Nolan who actually shot it. And then he reveals himself. I, apparently, all that it takes to become invisible is uh, one of the bio helmets, because that's all that he has. Well, he might have one of those spheres that they have in it's The true, Predator. true, yeah. <laughs> You're right. We learn about those spheres in The Predator. He might have swallowed yeah, one. I always thought that it was actually their armor that made them turn invisible, but apparently it is not. <laughs> I mean, his whole thing is that he lives on this planet now. He was he was prey. He was dropped here for the predators to kill. He didn't get killed. He managed to hide. And now he lives here. Right. Right. And he's lived here for a long time. He, he implies that he's been here maybe even for years um, and that he knows a lot about the predators now. And then he meets this group of prey just like him. And he takes them back to his spaceship that he lives in. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, it's a drill. It's a giant drill. It rubs me the wrong way that he's like a survivor. And instead of trying to survive, like, by cooperating, he wants their stuff. Well, but he but doesn't. Like, they don't even have anything No, no, good. He, he doesn't want their stuff. Let's talk about this. So when Nolan betrays them, how do you know he wants their stuff? Because they say, he wants our stuff. No, not they. Specifically, Edwin immediately shouts, he's a scavenger. He wants what we have. It's Edwin oh, who tells us that. You're right. It was Edwin. <laughs> so why would he want what they have? He wouldn't. They don't have much. They've got some weapons. No, he's got, got better I mean, weapons got than they really do. They've got a really cool shotgun. He's got better but armor. Yeah, right. Now, unless... He's got a Predator bio helmet. Edwin is breaking character. When he says we, he is referring subconsciously to the we of he and the Predators. He steals their weapons and their armor. We see no You're real right. evidence he's stealing from, like, anyone else. I mean, he has a few things here and there that he may have scavenged, but, like... Well, he's got a samurai sword, but I guarantee <laughs> he hasn't been there since feudal Japan. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But, like, yeah, he probably scavenged that off, you know, a dead samurai that they brought, you know, way back when. 
I think that Edwin here is just like saying he wants what we have. He's breaking character. He he steals from us, the predators, you know? <laughs> so you think that he's not trying to mislead anyone here. He just, it's a slip he's of angry. the tongue, right? Like, I, you know, he, yeah. he finally found the one who got away um, and he's been stealing from predators, which it seems like the predators did not know. And, uh, you know, now he wants mm-hmm. to get this guy killed, which he does. Well, so what do you think Lawrence Fishburne's motive is? He just wants to kill them? Like, I guess he thinks that them being here makes it more likely the Predators will kill him. So if they're dead, then he's safe. Yeah, I'm not sure what Fishburne's motive is here. Well, it <laughs> seems to me that him killing all of the Predators' prey would make the Predators more likely to find him because then they'd go searching for their prey. I don't know that what he's doing makes any sense. I mean, clearly what he's doing makes no sense. Whatever it is, it doesn't work. (laughs) Unless what it is is to get killed. He brought the predators to him and he died. (laughs) Like His whole plan was a real dud. (laughs) So they escape from Nolan's trap and they're running away. And Edwin somehow just like gets separated from the group. (laughs) How? He was a foot away from the guy in front of him. He was right on that guy's tail. And then he just turns around like, I'm lost. No, I am lost. He's intentionally getting lost to split them up. (laughs) He yells. He strikes a flare. So everyone knows where he is, including the predators who he knows are there too. Yes. Even if you believe he is a serial killer, what he does here could not have been a mistake. We know that there are predators like really close to Edwin. None of them kill him in this part. Like, he, they nope. are alone no, with and, Edwin. When you say really they close, do nothing. in the room with him, walking towards him. <laughs> yeah. And and when he sees the predator, like, he throws a flare and it kind of, like, shimmers for a second. All he says is, oh, jeez. And then turns away from the predator. He doesn't run from him. He just turns away from him to the wall where everyone else is behind that wall and starts yelling, guys, guys, help me. Come back here and help me. Come back to where this predator is, right? Like... He sees the predator. It's like, ah, geez, my manager is here. I better do my job. And then starts doing his job, which is to bring these people to him. And it works. He brings Nikolai to him. (laughs) He leads Nikolai to him where the predator is and then takes Nikolai into a hole, just a random hole in the building. And then as the predator follows them down into this hole, he climbs up into the only way out and sits there. (laughs) He just sits there and turns around and watches Nikolai. (laughs) So basically, he leads Nikolai into a place with only one way out, and then he plugs the exit with his body. (laughs) He is forcing Nikolai to face the predator. I mean, he's a very loyal dog. Nikolai to get out, even if he wanted to. (laughs) Yeah, he had specifically targeted Nikolai from the very beginning because I think Nikolai is the most dangerous person in this group. He has the most powerful gun. He's got the mini gun. (laughs) He also has, like, he's strapped with explosives, man. Yeah, he's got tons of grenades. And also he's gigantic. Like, he actually is the biggest guy in the group. Yeah, he's, like, as big as a predator. When he faces off with that predator, they're, like, practically face-to-face. Right. (laughs) And he actually does manage to kill the tracker, despite everything Edwin did. Edwin served this guy up on a platter for a tracker, and tracker predator gets killed by Nikolai. There are other predators here that didn't get blown up and they could have totally killed Edwin because they pop out as soon as the tracker is dead. Yeah, Falconer kills Stans right after this. And then there's the samurai fight. They're deliberately drawing attention to what Edwin is by the fact that Nikolai sacrifices himself. Then immediately after, Stans sacrifices himself for the good of the group. Then immediately after, Hanzo sacrifices himself for the sake of the group. It's true. You have three self-sacrifices in a row. 
These are all like, you know, kind of bad, dangerous people, three in a row, all being very self-sacrificing, drawing us to the fact that Edwin is not, right? That he is deliberately working for the detriment of the group. And you could say that thematically, oh, maybe this is trying to draw attention to the fact that Royce, you know, his his whole thing is that he's selfish and he's supposed to learn how to be less selfish. Yeah. It does that too. So it, it's serving two purposes here. It's good all around. Since you mentioned how Stans died, Stans gets shot point blank by a plasma blast while celebrating from one of the shoulder cannons. And we know that these shoulder cannons can just obliterate xenomorphs. Yeah. He just gets blasted. Instead of exploding or getting a hole in him, he just falls down and then gets right back up and starts shanking that predator. (laughs) He's got his shank and he's going to use it. So, but wait, the samurai fight. When I first watched this, my first thought was, this is the Billy fight from the first movie, but we actually get to see it. It's exactly that. And then when I listened Mm -hmm. to the commentary, that's exactly what Nimrod and Robert Rodriguez said, was they were like, when this scene starts, we used the same music cue for Billy's last stand. (laughs) And then they were like, but this one you actually get to see. It's like, even though he died, apparently Hanzo is like the greatest fighter ever because freaking beat that predator in one-on-one combat. So there's only three people left. They're running. Edwin gets caught in another trap to lead Isabel away from Royce. Now he says, another inch would have hit my tibial artery. I guess this is my lucky day. Well, I, he yeah. knew the trap was there, and he stepped into it yeah. in just the right way so it doesn't hit his tibial artery. And then Definitely. he can't walk, so he needs Isabel to help him walk. And as we see later, his leg actually does His leg work. is not hurt. Yeah, no, he, he yep. is fine. Like, like the, he is absolutely faking it here. And if he's just some random psychopath serial killer, how would he know exactly how to put his leg in a predator trap without getting his leg removed? Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. So earlier in the movie, Nikolai, while bonding with Edwin, had showed him a picture of his kids and oh, yeah, Edwin yeah. took it just to look at it. And then he just kept it. And then uh, right here when he's trying to convince Isabella to help him, he shows her that picture and says, I've got kids. Look, these are my <laughs> kids. And I also think because he's so used to dealing with predators, I think maybe all humans kind of look the same to him. So that's why he doesn't, you know, think that Isabel would notice that they're not his kids. Because <laughs> yeah, he's like, hey, humans. Kid. You see, I've got two little humans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whoa. All right. So Adrian leaves and he saves the crucified right. predator. So yeah, Royce goes back. He leaves Isabel with Edwin. He cuts down the crucified predator and it grabs him. And like turns him left and right and looks at him really closely before letting him go. It's not being aggressive. I think it's inspecting him to see if he is a predator decoy. (laughs) I think that it knows that there are genetically modified humans that are evil. And it thinks that he is luring it to its death. (laughs) And then he looks him over and he sees, okay, he is a genuine human. He's not modified. We're good to go. And then immediately starts working with Royce. Like no questions asked. Mm -hmm. He shows Royce where the ship is. He gives Royce a map to go home. Like, why do they even have a map to Earth? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, why does classic, the, the classic Predator, why does his armor control their ship? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> Except the only thing I can think of is something we'll talk a little bit more about when we get to the Predator, but is that they just have terrible security protocols, the Predators. Just absolutely yeah. horrendously bad. Like, all of their tech well, can they access do. all of their other tech with no authentication. It's true. <laughs> In the Predator, you know, we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but 
the fugitive predator when it escapes from the human's lab. It just grabs some random any old bio yeah. helmet, puts it on. I think it's on. the helmet from AVP. But yeah, it just grabs any old helmet, puts it on, and can immediately connect to and see through its own right. helmet, which is you which know would in the hands mean of the little the boy. The predator that's hunting it could see anything that it sees whenever mm-hmm. it wants, right? <laughs> right, which is why predators shouldn't hunt each other because <laughs> they they can clearly control each other's tech very easily. <laughs> anyway. Royce is working with Classic, and then we cut back to Isabel and Edwin. They're running. Now, seconds before they hit a net trap, Edwin says, I'm sorry to Isabel. Mm-hmm. Like, he knew that net trap was there, and he's apologizing for it. Yeah, but why would he apologize? He doesn't care about her. I actually think he does. But but Royce did not hit this net trap. So, I mean, I, the only explanation for that, since they're both going to the same place, is I think Edwin is sort of leading Isabel in this direction. And he knew the net trap was there and says, I'm sorry, right before he gets yeah. her caught. The remaining super predator, he finds them in the net. He doesn't kill them. He just picks them up and brings them back to camp and drops them in a hole. Like, I've never seen a predator in the entire predator universe. I've never seen a predator drag around live prey yeah. ever. So what is he doing? The only thing I can think of is that he is using them as a decoy to lure Royce back to the camp. He's like, oh, good. I've got my decoy. <laughs> put, in, put him in this hole here so he can do his job. Like Isabella, sorry, Isabel is just inconsequential to him at this point. Well, so at this point, Edwin asks Isabel, he says, when they, so they think Royce left in the spaceship. And Edwin asks Isabel, if you could do it over again, would you make the same decision? He has done it over and over again. As I said, I think he's always on this planet leading humans Mm -hmm. astray as a decoy dog. I think he's always stayed on the planet and never tried to escape. And he's watching this this ship escape. I think part of him does feel a slight friendship and kinship with these people. And he wonders what it would be like if he ever rebelled against his masters. Right. Edwin stabs Isabel when she says, when the time comes... I'll do us both. No, and he can't have that. <laughs> That's exactly what made him say no in the other scene. Uh-huh. Um, he's very opposed to suicide. It's his job to keep them alive so that they can be right. trophies. He stands up showing he's just faking his injury. And then he stabs her with the neurotoxin. And also he knows there are so many neurotoxins to choose from around here, which is more yep. evidence that he knows the planet. Oh, yeah, he knows it very well. <laughs> And then he tells her specific details about it. He says, don't worry, it's not fatal. You'll be able to experience everything. Everything. <laughs> he says, I guess now you realize why they chose me. I was right in front of you guys the whole time, just watching you, earning your trust. You couldn't see me for what I really am. And he's spelling it out for us right here, right? Like, he's just saying my theory. Uh-huh. Now, this statement makes no sense if he's saying they chose him because he's a dangerous psychopath. Because earning their trust doesn't make him more dangerous to the predators, Mm -hmm. but it does explain why they chose him as a trained decoy dog. Exactly, yes. Then he says, see, back home, I'm a murderer. I'm a freak. Now, I just want to point that out. That is the one word in the entire movie that actually implies the thing that most people get out of this movie, which is that he's like some sort of serial killer. One single word in the whole movie. Mm -hmm. I'm a murderer. I'm a freak. Then he says, but here among the monsters, I'm normal. I like it here. I like it here. I want to stay. I'm going to stay. If he is a serial killer, what's he even planning? Like he knows that if he kills her, he's dead. If, If he had 
evaded capture this long as a serial killer on Earth, he's not a dumb person, right? He would be smart enough to know, hey, these predators aren't going to be my friends, right? Unless he already thinks they are his friends because he's their dog. Right. So if we remove the word murderer and he's just like, I'm a freak, I think he's saying he's a freak because he's not like the predators. But here among the monsters, meaning the other humans, as they have established very well, like the whole theme of this entire movie is these humans saying, we're just like the predators. We're the monsters, right? That's Royce's whole arc. The writer and director both said that the name predators is supposed to refer to the humans in this movie. They are predators. So when he says here among the monsters, he's not referring to the predators. He means the humans. So when he says here among the monsters, I'm normal, it's because he is just like them. He mm -hmm. likes it he here in. as a That's decoy dog befriending humans. He's explaining that thing he in the moment before, the reason why he doesn't ever just escape on a ship like he thinks Royce just did, right? Because mm -hmm. he likes it here where he can befriend humans, feel like he's not such a freak, but at the end of the day, he's still working for the guys who always win. Mm -hmm. Now, when Edwin paralyzes Isabel, she loses the ability to talk or vocalize in any way Mm -hmm. leaving her unable to warn Royce. She can just move her eyes. And he just barely nicks her with that thing. When mm -hmm. Royce paralyzes Edwin, so he takes the same little knife that had neurotoxin on it, and Royce stabs it all the way through Edwin's jaw, he would get a way bigger dose of toxin because we saw how like, when he put it in the flower, the whole blade was covered in toxin. And yet Edwin retains the ability to speak. Oh yeah, he can talk and talk. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's not fully human. Edwin is partially immune to the toxin, having been bred for this by the predators. Yeah. He's not totally immune to it, but he is a genetically modified human who was raised by predators, and he's not as affected by toxins on this planet. And we know that the predators will just absolutely genetically modify themselves and other animals to be more effective at their jobs. And when the berserker predator does come along to him, he says, help me. I'm one of you. I'm one of like you. He's, he's telling the truth here. Yes. This makes no right. sense if he was just a serial like a serial killer no, for Earth. He has no, no he... reason to think that this predator would ever help him. <laughs> this, yeah. Like he's not an idiot. <laughs> he knows that right. he's a human. This is unless the he works with way this predator this movie the whole makes time. sense. This predator finds him dying and stabs him a bit. But also, like when the predator stabs Edwin, he's not doing it to like kill him. Like it no. kind of seems like he's just curious. Like, is my dog still alive? What's going on here? This is supposed to be the Predator testing to see if Edwin is a trap, like how they, they left Danny Trejo as a trap. Now Royce is leaving Edwin as a trap. And this only makes sense if, once again, we know that Edwin is working with the Predators. Yeah. A big theme of this movie is that Royce is a Predator, right? He has the same tactics, the same mindset. He's doing exactly what the Predators do. And in order for him to do the dying teammate trap that they did with Danny Trejo... Edwin would have to be on the Predator's team. It, it wouldn't work otherwise. And then, uh, you know, the Predator picks him up and he's covered in grenades and they explode. And what do you know? He was a decoy again, as always. Yeah, recurring thing. Like, I just, I don't see how you get to this point in the movie and you don't see that, you know? No, like, absolutely. the very first time I watched this movie, I was like, this is clearly what the story is. At the very end, in one of the original drafts of the script, an alien spaceship was going to land 
Right. And Royce yes. is just standing there, and a bunch of predators come out, and then they part, and then Dutch walks Dutch. up. <laughs> and he's, like, covered in, like, predator skulls and alien skulls, <laughs> and that's when we find out that he has risen to the rank of elite yeah. predator. He is elite predator. And that would have been a great ending. It would have made the entire movie just, like, that much yeah. better. At some point, Too they've got to get that Arnold cameo in there that they've been trying to get for 40 years, right? I know. <laughs> Further evidence for this theory. In an interview that Topher Grace did while on set for this movie, he says, I think he starts to realize that in the real, in the real world, world, in his world, notice how he says his world, meaning Predator's home world. Right. He says he was kind of an ugly duckling, meaning, you know, he didn't he fit in with fit the Predators. Him. He was a yeah, human. Knows he, what yeah, that means. exactly. The the story of the ugly duckling is that it was a different species from its siblings, right? Right. Which Edwin would have been. Then Topher Grace says he has something in common with these predators and that he's a predator himself. So I think he starts to gain respect for these aliens. Wow. Um, he's a predator so, yeah, himself. I mean, he literally says he's a predator himself. Don't you think you could interpret this to be that uh, he's an ugly duckling on Earth because he doesn't fit in with the humans? Because he feels like he's a different species when he gets to the planet. He feels more like a predator. He's a predator yeah, yeah. himself yeah, yeah, sure, because he sure. kills people. <laughs> yeah, you could interpret <laughs> it that think way. This could be the opposite of what I you're think saying. <laughs> we've already proven that that doesn't make any sense. There's only one way to interpret this when you take it right. in context <laughs> or out of context, as the <laughs> case may be. <laughs> wow. The biggest argument against this theory is hey, wait a minute. Predators would never just kidnap like a little human child and raise him and train them and genetically modify him to be one of their right. own. And they to that I say, that. well, you're wrong. No, no. <laughs> <Turns> <laughs> there is an entire movie about that. that. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let's talk about The Predator, a 2018 film directed by Shane Black, who was in the first Predator. Shane Black! Shane Black is also just a, a great director who has directed such films as Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and Iron wow. Man 3. Both wow. amazing movies that I love. And you can you can see it in this film like Shane Black has a very clear and distinct sense of humor that he puts in all of his movies and it is very present in The Predator. A lot of people don't like this movie. When I watched it, I loved this movie, but that's because it is to me a parody of Predator. Yeah. And at least in the first half, I think a very good one. Now, the second half, I've watched this movie twice now. I can't follow the second half of the movie. <laughs> like, I wouldn't even say the second sense. half. It's almost just the third act, right? Like, yeah. Which they, really they completely reshot the whole third, the third act. act. So. so this movie opens with the fugitive predator racing back to Earth with the, uh, the predator killer in his cargo. He's going to deliver it to, to the humans to save humanity, apparently. He barely makes it there because the upgraded predator is hot on his trail, right? He crashes on Earth. 
And what does he do? He immediately starts murdering and stringing up humans. <laughs> like he, he just he's like, oh, it's the people I'm here to he save. Well, time he to can't time help to hunt. What he is? <laughs> like, you gotta get a little even, hunting in. Shane Black, what are you doing? Like, no, why, no, why man, did you write this movie? It's like, <laughs> what like is wrong with you? there are a lot of hunters who are also into conservation. Yeah, sure. So it's like you go to a forest. You're there. You're there because you want the deer population to be healthy and up. But I mean, while you're there, you might as well get in a little hunting <laughs> right except this is more like i'm going to africa to save the elephants that are getting poached for their ivory so first thing i'm gonna do is hunt a few elephants because i've always <laughs> dreamed of hunting elephants and you know selling their ivory then i'm gonna save the elephants <laughs> right like it makes no sense yeah. no that What's makes wrong with sense. what you just said predator <laughs> is absolutely the logic a predator would have <laughs> uh, i mean i guess so it's true they consider the humans to be prey and just because he's gonna save them doesn't mean you can't have some fun on the way right <laughs> <laughs> the main character, he found the Predator's helmet and a little ball that makes you invisible. Apparently, Predators have a little ball that make you invisible. Yeah, that was news to me. I always thought it was the armor, but... It's not a little ball, actually. It's a big ball. It's like a big golf ball-sized ball. It's and he's like, big. what should I do with this? I think I'll drink it. Oh, <laughs> so he just <laughs> swallows it, um, which is incredible yeah. that he managed and to do that. You're not... If you can... <laughs> if you're able to swallow that at all, I can tell you, you ain't getting that out without an operation. Nope. But anyway, he gets taken in by the government because he witnessed the alien crash. So the predator, they're doing like a little alien, you know, investigation on this predator who's dropped under a table. He wakes up and goes on a rampage. Dr. Casey Brackett is one of the main characters of this film. And she says this predator has human DNA. So there you go. What does that mean? We don't really know what it means in context because they never explore nope. that. <laughs> like, they don't tell us why. They don't tell us how. But the one thing we know is that predators are totally willing to use human yep. DNA, to mix human DNA with themselves, or mix predator DNA with humans. They have nothing against it. She looks at an iPad and there's a case number for the jungle hunter. Wow. And then she swipes to the next one and there's a case for the city hunter. Just uh, just in case our audience doesn't know, the jungle hunter is the predator from Predator 1 and the city hunter is the predator from Predator 2. Both of these records she looks at have a date. The jungle hunters is correct. The city hunter says the date is 1990, which was when the film released, but the film was actually set in 1997. Moments before she looks at this iPad... Sean Keyes, the son of Peter Keyes from Predator 2. Which I thought was so cool that they brought him in. Dude, that made my day. Like, originally when I watched the movie, I didn't know because I hadn't seen Predator 2. Watching it again, I was like, it's Keyes! They brought his son back! And it made me so happy because the last thing Danny Glover says to him is that you'll get your chance. There'll be other Predators. And I'm like, his son did get his chance to finally <laughs> observe a Predator up close. This yeah. is what Keyes always wanted to do. This is all he wanted. And also Sean Keyes... He does get hurt in this movie, but he does not die. He doesn't die. <laughs> the actor is actually the son of Gary Busey, who played Peter Keyes. I know. So. It was so cool. It just it made me really happy. I loved it. it. That was the best thing they could have done. But they actually say that the City Hunter event happened in 1997. Like, they give that date, 1997. So, But on well, the iPad, it says 1990 when the film actually released. So I don't know. So while all this is happening, turns out they took the army man who saw the alien to the same base where they put the alien, which is kind of a really big coincidence or a really bad decision. But either way, he manages to escape. He escapes with a bus full of crazy people and they get to the choppers and they ride away on the choppers. The choppers being bikes. He shipped all the aliens gear to a P.O. box. The mailman decided to send all that stuff to his house. It gets 
in the hands of his son. In the movie, his son is autistic, but highly functional and also very intelligent. And he can just like, you know, decipher predator code. Yeah, which he, he gets it. Maybe you wonder why, because intelligence doesn't allow you to understand in a language <laughs> no. you've never ever seen, right? <laughs> well, this movie unfortunately does not follow the Indominus Rex rule, which we talked about in a previous episode. Well, neither did Predators, because they introduced no, these yeah, new and super I was predators, mention that. and they have a original Predator. Original Predator just sucks. He just right. dies. Now, yeah, Predators doesn't follow that rule either. Though I can forgive Predators because their super Predators look just like normal Predators, right? <laughs> and it's like a really good movie. Yeah. Uh, whereas this one doesn't follow the Indominus Rex rule. And that's, of course, from Jurassic World, where like Jurassic World, it's not a good movie. But everyone watched it and everyone loved it. And that's because the end of it it's was great because they had the T-Rex <laughs> fight the new stupid Indominus Rex. It's supposed to be so badass. And the T-Rex yeah, wins, right? T-Rex kicks his freaking ass, throws him into the mouth of the giant whale yeah, dinosaur. Which is what everyone wants forget. to see. The T-Rex is the icon of that movie. What's the icon of the Predator movie? Oh, the classic Predator. The Predator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the freaking movie's name, The Predator. We want to see the Predator beat the upgraded Predator. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Jurassic World is a mess of a movie just like this is a total garbage fire of a movie and yet if they had had the classic predator defeat the stupid cg new upgrade predator people i think would have actually liked it and that's all they needed to do if they just had him team up with the humans yeah. or even just fight the upgraded predator on his own while the humans watched this could have been the Terminator 2 of Predator movies. Yeah. Right? Like, Terminator 2 is all about the older, cooler Terminator going up against this overpowered new Terminator, right? Who can just do anything. Like, Liquid Terminator is so overpowered. He yeah. is unfreaking stoppable. He can do anything. He can morph his body. He can walk through walls. He can become the floor, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. but, but in the end, old classic Terminator just, just rips him apart. Like, just shoots you know exploding yeah, grenade grenades into, into him and turns him into this monster and then pushes him into lava it's amazing such a good movie this could have been the terminator 2 of predators if they just right. kept the original predator around he didn't need to be stronger than the upgraded predator no. he didn't need to be more overpowered right like he could have gotten his ass kicked the whole movie if <laughs> yeah, he just, just like beat Arnold. the upgraded predator in the end even if he died if right. he just won yeah. This would have been such a good movie. I would have forgiven all of its flaws. Absolutely. But no, the upgraded Predator shows up and just basically with one finger pushes the regular Predator over and then stomps on his face and he's dead. <laughs> yeah, like it's not even a fight. Him. Yeah, no, it, it, it's absolutely terrible. I don't know. Something was clearly not working about this movie and it, it definitely had a lot of script problems and a lot of changes. What came out was a mess that I, I do think, at least for the first half of it before the classic Predator dies, no, was, is fun and entertaining. A fun movie. Okay, but an important part of this movie is when they fight the Predator dogs. <laughs> the Predator yeah, face predator dogs. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you want to say about this scene, but I just want to point out that they are emptying their guns into these dogs for like a five-minute fight sequence until randomly one of these dogs just allows Nebraska, one of the guys <laughs> on the team, he walks calmly over to the dog, just kind of lifts his gun absentmindedly, puts it against the dog's eye, and shoots it. And then the dog does not die. Yeah, that makes it friendly. It's just, from that point on, it's a nice dog. No one questions this. <laughs> no, no, no one asks why it's happening. Everyone accepts that this is now a nice dog because of the bullet in its eye. 
Like, it's the weirdest scene. Like, I felt like I was in some kind of no, dream when that happened. Not the weirdest scene. It's the weirdest, like, plot point that has huge repercussions throughout the rest yeah, of the movie. Yeah, it's very important. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, this dog saves the day, like, three times. Shortly after that is when Classic Predator dies, and, and this is where the entire movie stops making any sense. Like, yeah, it, it just doesn't make any rails. sense from that point onward. Another part where the main character and the scientist are talking about the upgraded Predator Casey Brackett says, I think they're trying to upgrade themselves. I think I know what they're up to on Predator World these days. You remember how I told you they take people's spines, right? For trophies from the strongest, smartest, most dangerous species on every planet they visit. And the army guy says they're collecting survival traits from the most high-end specimens. And she says, I think they're attempting hybridization. Did you not see that new Predator? It's evolving. Look, she doesn't know that. She's just guessing. But if she's right, then yeah, predators will combine DNA with humans. And I just want to say this is a major caveat because the predators never say any of this stuff about DNA. Only the humans say it. And the humans have no friggin' it's idea. True. They're it's just true. guessing. And like there's, uh, <laughs> of course, this movie is very divisive and many people, predator purists would say, no, the predators don't like modifying themselves. That wouldn't be in their honor code kind of thing. You're right. Uh, the humans are the ones who are saying all this stuff about genetically modifying, blah, blah, blah. So maybe that's not true. Oh, but wait, there is one huge piece of evidence in this movie that the predator does. No human says this. The predator kidnaps a little boy and tries to take him into space. <laughs> there you go. All of this and we've finally gotten to the relevant part of the movie. Yes. Lay it on us. What's going on here? Why does he want this little boy? I mean, I, there's not much. This is self-explanatory. Like, we know from looking at predators, there's only one logical explanation. That is that Edwin yep. was a young human trained by predators to be a decoy. And that's his exactly. job. And this predator goes to Earth, kidnaps a human boy. And I will say, now, take this with a grain of salt, whether you like the predator or not. But Shane Black has said this movie takes place before Predators. Meaning that Predators actually uh -huh. takes place after 2018, despite, you know, possibly all evidence to the contrary. Um, yeah, I <laughs> had no idea until you told me. <laughs> but it thought? means that this child kidnapping scheme takes place before Predators. While he did not get this child, that doesn't mean that there wasn't another Predator who came and kidnapped another child. And that is Edwin in Predators, right. which takes place after The Predator, apparently. And that makes a lot of sense because why... Is he taking this kid with him? Like, if he wants the kid's DNA, they've already established in the movie that the Predators take the skulls and spines of people yeah, whose DNA they want exactly. so they can use the, the, that DNA from the spine. Which is so also if he wants the not kid's true. DNA, he would have ripped his, his head trophies, off. But... Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying what they've established in this movie. I'm not saying if it works in the universe or not. But if, they, if he wanted the kid's DNA, he could have just ripped his head and spine out and taken that with him. He took the kid alive. So yeah, they're fighting this guy. Their bullets don't work until, you know, their bullets do work kind of yep. at the end. <laughs> bullets start working. But most importantly, dude, how do they beat this guy that bullets don't work on? It's like they need some sort of, I don't know, big explosive device that they could throw at him. Where are they going to get that? <laughs> it's not anywhere around them. But the dog, dog shows up. grenades. <laughs> yeah. Da, 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 da. So the dog shows up. He drops a grenade for them. And then the predator kills the dog. And then oh. they throw the grenade at him. And then he dies. <laughs> and that's the end of the movie. Yeah. So, oh, no, that's not the end of the movie. Oh, no, it's not. Uh oh. So then that army dude, despite 
having done nothing to gain this, you know, great honor, he's been promoted to captain. <laughs> Who knows why? <laughs> so yeah, he's a captain now. And then they finally open the pod that the fugitive predator brought them. Mm -hmm. And what's inside? It's a giant Terminator. He bursts out and he starts killing them. And they're like, he's the Predator <laughs> killer. And the next movie is going to be Predator versus Terminator. It's going to be so good. I'm we so do pumped. need to post that that video you made to Twitter. That's great. No, it's not a Terminator inside. They What's open inside? it up and it is a Iron Man suit called the Predator Killer. Which is a Predator suit, I guess, that gives you, instead of one shoulder-mounted cannon or two shoulder-mounted cannons, you got like seven of them. Right, yeah, you got, you got <laughs> so. a bunch of plasma cannons. That's all you need to defeat Predators. <laughs> now, of course, as we know, this movie had lots of script problems, and there were lots of alternate endings as to what the Predator Killer is. In one version, it was going to be Dutch. <laughs> and it was clearly going to be Dutch because the pod is shaped like a human. But when they open it, three-fourths of the pod is just unused, and the suit is just packed up in the very top of it. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> right? like... So, But Schwarzenegger read the script, didn't like it, and even though he loves Predator, he's like, no, I will not do a cameo in this movie. <laughs> yeah, which I don't blame him for. So there were two other alternate versions. Wow, now, dude, I know these ones. They're, they're one both bad. Some sense, but I the other think... makes just zero sense. <laughs> they like, both make zero sense, but insane. I think they're both terrible, but better than the ending better we actually got. Actually like if was. that happened, I would have just been like, oh my gosh, this is stupid, yeah. but I love it. But so I love it. It no. was going to open up. And a woman who was wearing a face mask was going to get out, and her name tag was going to say Ellen Ripley. Ripley! <laughs> it was Ripley from the Alien series. And then they're like, wow, but what if we can't get Sigourney Weaver? Who else could we have it be? Who else did they think the about other version, it be? They actually shot these versions, too. The other one yes. was Newt. And Newt, Newt comes out. <laughs> Newt from Alien. <laughs> Why? <laughs> what, was, what could Newt possibly have to do with Predators? <laughs> like Ripley makes some sense. Makes no sense because she's in the future. No. How could she get here? There's <laughs> no way the Predators Newt? could get her from the future and take her back to Earth in 2018. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but if they had done that and Ripley is the Predator killer, even though that, that she's clearly so cool. the the xenomorph killer? killer no she's, <laughs> she's the predator killer she's she never run into a predator. but i would have just been like oh my gosh i love this movie Dude, this is such a good this movie, movie. had <laughs> so many stupid. chances to just to just be great <laughs> like to just be legendary like there so many times someone looked this movie in the eye and said do you want to be a legend just do it and this movie said mm, no <laughs> all right but let's wrap up this theory so do i think that Edwin, played by Topher Grace, was a predator decoy. <laughs> was a predicoy, a, a human raised by predators and trained to lure humans to their deaths. Um, possibly genetically modified, we don't know. I think absolutely. I think how could you possibly not believe this theory? It's amazing. Takes a movie that was already great and just, you know, makes it that much greater man Topher Grace he's he'll, he'll always have a special place in my heart so if, if you can take his character and make him even cooler if he's like some sort of human predator then I'm gonna swallow it hook line and sinker it's great well thank you so much for listening music for this episode was provided by Christine yeah remember uh, we put a link in the description to the movie so uh, if you want to watch Predators um, or The Predator follow the link watch the movie compare it to our theory and uh, tell us what you think
Why don't you follow us on Twitter at popcorn isn't real? No apostrophe, just tweet at us. Tell us what you think of our theory. Seriously. And until next time, the the popcorn popcorn isn't isn't real. real.